Assemblyman Gallagher, we appreciate the time. Look forward to you uh, coming to Des Moines in January. But kind of fill us in on your background a little bit. Um, obviously, you're in elective office, but also a farmer. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, I'm a sixth generation California farmer. Uh, my my family, you know, immigrated to this country. They're Irish uh, descent and ultimately came out to California in 1868. Uh, and so we've been farming there ever since. Um, and we grow primarily rice and walnuts uh, in the Sacramento Valley of California. Uh, so that's a little background on you know our family history. Uh, I as I have actually some family from Iowa. My my mother was born in Iowa, uh, and came out here with her family when she was young. Um, but yeah, so we've been we've been farming in the Sacramento Valley. Uh, I'm a, also a husband and a and a father of of five. Uh, my wife and I, Jana, raising our kids here in in California and. And so uh, I got into, you know, got into politics. Um, that's about, about 15 years ago now, uh, first as a, in local government, and then uh, more recently here in the state assembly and currently serve as our Republican leader in the, in the assembly. Uh, five kids, that's just for the labor back on the farm. <laughs> yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta get them started young. Right. Um, but uh, you know, we're uh you know, right now we're really busy with school and activities uh, with all of them right now. Um, my oldest daughter is really involved with Future Farmers of America. Um, so she's currently serving as a president of the uh, Superior Region, you know, here. Uh, sorry, vice president of the Superior Region up here. And so she's she's been really active in, in that organization, which is a great organization for our youth. Um, but they keep us running, that's for sure. <laughs> For sure. Uh, before we jump into the issues here, a little political background. Uh, you're a Republican and a Republican leader in the legislature, but uh, that makes you in the in the minority. And uh, historically, that's kind of a position Republicans are frequently in in your state. How do you how do you navigate as you, you have a variety of issues that are important to you as a leader on your Republican caucus? How do you navigate forward, realizing that Democrats have majority control? Uh, well, it's a challenge, and uh, because there is a very significant difference in in viewpoint, you know, between us and the Democrats, you know, here in California, uh, we certainly think that things are going in the absolute wrong direction, you know, here in California. So, you know, I'd say we kind of play a dual role of, you know, one challenging, you know, the the establishment, if you will, in California, and saying, hey, we think we could do better. Uh, and outlining our own policies that we think, you know, would would actually make put the state in a better position. Um, while also, you know, you have to figure out how to work across the aisle um, and and pass policies, you know, that are good for your constituents uh, that you think are, you know, good, strong, responsible uh, policy. Uh, so I'd say as Republicans, you know, we do both. Um, you know, we we certainly outline uh, where we're different and how we can do things, you know, in a better way. Uh, but we also, you know, work across the aisle to, you know, pass better policy that'll be, you know, good for the state. Um, and I'd say a lot, a lot of those lines, we kind of, we try to work on resource issues a lot, like water, 
for instance, and, um, you know, regulatory issues that can be a, a problem for a lot of people. Um, so we look for those opportunities. Let's, let's really go into this water issue. So back in 2014, this Sustainable Groundwater Management Act that passed and got signed into law in the fall. And, you know, there's not a switch that gets flipped when all of this can get implemented. It's been a years long process in a variety of ways. As you view this, what 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 is the purpose? And in your mind, how should this play out? So, yeah, this this legislation was passed back in 2014 um, and. I would say some some really saw it as a compromise. Um, it's a new regulatory system regime for groundwater, specifically pumping of groundwater in California. Which is super and, important there, right? When you don't have enough surface water. It's it's very important. And um, you know, I would say there's a there is a you know many farmers in California that, you know utilize what we call conjunctive use. So they have surface water rights that they use in conjunction with groundwater. Um, and that is actually, you know, especially in the Sacramento Valley where I'm from has actually been, you know, a very, you know, useful tool um, to sustain our groundwater. Um, you know, having surface water resources, you know, for us has meant that we've had, you know, pretty stable groundwater, you know, in the North and the Sacramento Valley. But that's not the case everywhere. And many, many farmers, especially in the Central Valley, I would say, you know, you know, further south of me are very reliant on groundwater. And so this this system is designed to work that each area will kind of come up with their own groundwater sustainability plan. Um, and then they have to, you know, enact measures to implement that and, and show the state essentially that they have a sustainable you know, groundwater system is going to prevent overdraft um, and, you know, depleting the aquifer. Uh, and and, and it, is that the is that the compromise side of this? I think from afar, as we look at your state, it's this humongous geographic state. And while maybe on the national news, we hear about, you know, areas that have dealt with drought for a number of years, as you all know, there are other parts of the state in the past year that were just bombarded with rain and had to deal with flooding. So the way this is set up, does it feel to you like locals will be able to devise whatever the plan is for their own needs? Is it adequately set up? Well, that's, you know, that that was the compromise. It's it sort of kept, you know, the state water resources control board from sort of directly uh, regulating people's groundwater. Um, and so I think a lot of people saw you know, benefit in that, that it would be more locally controlled and locally governed uh, through these groundwater sustainability agencies, local ones. Um, but the requirements are, you know, are pretty stringent. And so when you're going to implement those plans uh, in many places, it, it means that people are not going to be able to use as much groundwater. Uh, it, it makes that use much more expensive. Um, and in a, in a, in farming, you know, every cost driver, you know, impacts you. Um, and we, we live on thin margins, you know, like farmers throughout the United States. I think just in California, it's almost on steroids with the amount of different costs and regulatory uh, requirements that we have to meet. So, um, you know, I think 
having the, the ability to kind of locally drive it has been good, but there are still some pretty onerous just, uh, requirements. And, you know, I would say, especially in the Central Valley, what we're seeing right now is uh, the potential for a lot of fallowing of ground because they won't have the water resource to farm those properties. Um, and, and even in the north, it's, it's becoming more cumbersome, um, you know, to meet all of the requirements. Uh, and then you could talk about a lot of other, you know, labor costs. Um, uh, electricity costs is so much greater here in California. So, you know, all of our power costs are, are, have gone up substantially. So when you put all those things together, it's making it, you know, much harder to make everything work. From a practical standpoint, how do you view longer term? Are you going to see some producers have to just completely change their game plan and switch to other crops because of this? I think we could see that. Um, and I, you know, the other thing to, to point out about California is when it comes to water, it really is feast or famine. And that's how it has been historically. You know, we you know, since the beginning of California, we've had, you know, years where we have so much water and massive flooding uh, to years where we have drought and very little water. And that's why it's always been important to invest in water infrastructure. So we as Republicans and a lot of the agricultural community have, have really stressed the need to improve our water infrastructure, more reservoirs, uh, more ability to move that water and, and make the most of when we get those wet years to store that water and have it for the for the dry years. And the reality in California is under the governance of the, you know, the Democratic supermajority, they haven't made those investments. I mean, not since the 70s have we built a new reservoir uh, in this state and it's had devastating impact. So when we hit those dry years, we just don't have the infrastructure uh, to really store that water and make it available, you know, throughout the state. That's that's probably the biggest problem that we have. Uh, farmers are innovators, uh, you know this, and, and we find ways to adapt and uh, to the different things that, you know, that that come to pass. Um, and so you're seeing that. I mean, we're, we're trying to find different ways, creative ways uh, to get the most use out of our water. Uh, you have seen people, you know, revert to uh, like drip irrigation, um, you know, in orchards, for instance, uh, to help maximize that water. But that can also have an impact on your ability to recharge the aquifer. Um, and so people are coming up with innovative ideas on how do we like, you know, flood like smaller basins to recharge that water back into, into the aquifer. So we're trying to find different ways uh, to get through this. But the fundamental reality is California needs to make greater uh, investments in water resource infrastructure. They haven't in decades. And so we've been really pushing to make those investments, uh, new reservoirs, new systems to make sure that we can maximize our water. How are things going back on the farm for you? You're in the, the walnut business, man, that's a tough, that's a tough way to go. Um, uh, right now, really the, the nut business, the, uh, in a variety of ways, a variety of forms here has been so tough. What's it like for you right now? It's very tough. Um, you know, we are currently trying to figure out how do we get through these tough years. Um, you know, obviously the, the commodity price has dropped so, so low to record lows. Our costs have only gone up. 
And, you know, there's a lot of walnut growers, you know, including myself and my family that we're trying to figure out, hey, can we, can we find ways to get through this tough time and hope that the commodity price goes back up? Um, and, you know, for us, I mean, rice is, has been better. And so that's kind of helped balance that out a little bit. If you're diversified, that can help. Um, but the fundamental problem right now is, is the price of walnuts is, has been very depressed. And we really, you know, we really think you need regulatory relief to actually make those costs, um, you know, to lessen those costs on farmers so they can get through this. Um, there's a potential for, you know, and there has been some USDA support, uh, mostly through loans. Um, but when you already have loans and you're struggling to figure out how to get through that, more loans isn't necessarily a great answer. Um, so I think, uh, again, you know, I, our farmers are innovative. They're finding different ways to lower costs and, and get through this tough time. But if you're in the walnut business, you're losing money and there's no way around that right now. Um, and so our, our biggest hope is that we can find different ways to get that commodity price back up. Uh, so that we can get through it. Otherwise, you could see, and this is my biggest concern, is we could see, you know, a lot of farms going under. Um, and that's not good for certainly the farmer, but it's not good for the world because California is, uh, is the breadbasket um, of the world in many, in many senses. We grow a, a whole, you know, diversity of crops here uh, that, that the world really depends upon. You know, you, it's not everywhere that you can grow these crops and get this kind of nutrition. Um, and so it's, it, it really is a problem for the world, not just for, you know, localities. Uh, where, where would you be without the rice? I think we'd be in a really dire situation. Yeah. I mean, if, if we didn't have, you know, you know, profits on that side, kind of helping balance out the losses, um, you know, we would be in a, a much more precarious situation. And, and, you know, farmers I know that are completely in, in nuts, uh, you know, almonds and walnuts are definitely trying to figure out how to, you know, balance that, how to, you know, maybe restructure loans, um, you know, working with banks, working to try and get as much, you know, uh, you know, relief that you can get out of the USDA, um, some of the different pro recent programs that have come out. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what people are struggling through. And, and honestly, I think if we have another year like this one, um, or like the past two, two crop years we've had, I think we're going to see a lot of, of growers, uh, be looking at the prospect of, you know, having foreclosures on their, on their, on their land, um, uh, it, maybe just getting rid of the orchard and moving to different crops. But, you know, that's, that's not a real great answer either. Cause there's a lot of investment that has to go into moving over to another, a, a different crop. Um, and you're losing that, that vital investment. So uh, I, it's very dire. It's a very dire situation. A lot, a lot of people pulling their hair out, trying to figure out what is, what is the next step. More broadly, I've heard you use the word sustainability a few times, and every industry is trying to figure sustainability going forward, right? What is the, as a, a state leader, how do you view, how do you view sustainability? Would you prefer it that it's 
it's voluntary. It's uh, the local producer figuring out what is best for his operation. What's the state's role? What's the federal role in this making a bigger plan going forward? Yeah, I mean, first first level, I'd say farmers are sustainable. They're probably the most you know sustainable people, <laughs> the most sustainable industry, I would argue, on the planet. Um, By necessity. Because- yeah, out of necessity, you know, because we have, you know, we make decisions on what to plant based on, you know, the soil type that we have, the water resource that we have available, um, the markets and costs. I mean, it's, it is very much a market driven uh, decision and a resource driven, you know, decision. Um, and so I think what we've seen in the agriculture sector is, you know, people go and, and they plant the crops that make the most sense for that land. Um, and when you start mandating what it should be, I think you really fundamentally mess that up. So I don't think we should ever get in a situation where we're telling farmers, this is what you should grow you know, on this land. We're really the better stewards of that. And I think you've seen farmers be very innovative uh, and you've seen them do different things to you know, decrease tillage, for example, or, or um, you know, find ways to deal with byproducts uh, off the land in a more efficient way, um, find new markets. Uh, and so uh, to me, like we've actually been the better stewards, you know, of our resources. And so I, I really, you know, kind of get a burr <laughs> in my saddle when I talk about, when, it, when I hear government starting to talk about how they're gonna dictate, you know, what farmers should do. Um, you know, like I said, in our water situation in the Sacramento Valley, we've actually been very good stewards of our groundwater and have in many, you know, and I would say most of the valley, you know, pretty sustainable groundwater. Um, and we kind of feel like, why should we be punished, um, you know, when we've actually been very good stewards of the water resources that we've developed and sustained over time? Well, we appreciate the time today and look forward to hearing much more conversation from you at the Land Expo in January. Appreciate it. Thank you much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me and looking forward to it.